When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, we explore the kindred, volatile, and often unseen relationship between humans and legendary Pokemon. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Bruce. And I'm Lawrence. And we are about to be legends for this one. Tiger King legends? (laughs) Yeah. Tiger (laughs) King legends. (laughs) I told you I'd fit Tiger King into this episode. Of course you would. And I guess it it will fit a little bit into this. Today we're talking about legendary Pokemon. um, And I guess... In some aspect, they are like the wild animals of Pokemon. Well, and I guess just like those wild animals, you shouldn't keep them in cages. Exactly. And that's what we're going to talk about. So what is a legendary Pokemon? Let's start there. To me, I feel like the most specific criteria is that it's rare and it's unique. Those are the two things that we know for certain. That is true. And say like... Like, rare, emphasis on rare. Like, only a handful have been seen. We don't know if there are sometimes only one of a particular Pokemon. Um, It's, you know, it's like the super endangered species. It's like when, uh, when, whenever there's a, a something that's thought to be extinct, and then they're like, oh, hey, you know, we had this random camera set up, and we caught a picture of this thing that we thought was gone like a thousand years ago. That's pretty much your, your textbook legendary Pokemon. Exactly. And sometimes they also have very unique or just immensely powerful abilities, like controlling time or granting a wish or a lot of power to just level the city. Uh, with a single thought. Um, or hanging out in the atmosphere and fighting aliens. Exactly. Um, so that's <laughs> really awesome that we have these Pokemon that make regular Pokemon look like our real-world animals in comparison. Like, in a world with big fire-breathing dragons, what's legendary above that? And then we have these space dragons and firebirds and water spirits and forest nymph spirits like it's crazy just to see what else is on top tier here and i think an an interesting thing about them that we'll probably cover as we go along is that although they may be rare and you know besides being the super Pokemon trainer in the game, the average person is never going to come in contact with one of these things. And if they do catch them, they're, they're never going to catch them. There's still like a very strong connection between humans and legendary Pokemon. And as we'll, you know, cover as we go through this. 
So the third criteria, which I'm still trying to grapple with, and maybe we can have discussion now, is immortality. In most legendary Pokemon, they are known at least to be the same Pokemon throughout legend from hundreds uh, to thousands of years ago, which could only mean that this Pokemon was around either sleeping, existing, or on some journey and it's returning back. Now, we don't know what the lifespan is of a normal Pokemon. They've never really touched on that other than Lavender Town, but I think it's safe to say that at least some of them have to have sustenance to survive, and it doesn't seem like legendary Pokemon need the normal amount of rest or food to be able to exist or last as long as normal ones. See, I, w- I, would, I would probably boil it down to, for all legendary pro- Pokemon, probably have some sort of unique form of life. That's probably the, that's the way I've always looked at it, is like, either they're, like, they go dormant, they, like, there's some cycle of rebirth, um, they're made up of something, they are timeless and immortal, they're time traveling, they're interdimensional. There's a lot of stuff. Like I think that's another that's aspect of of being legendary is like there's something that's that well, there's a bunch of things that differentiate you from regular Pokemon, but I think one of the 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 uh the things is that like there may only actually be one, or there may only be like two or like a handful of a specific species because of the the way they actually reproduce. Okay, I actually just remembered something as we were talking about this. Do you remember one Pokemon anime that had Ash and company save a baby Lugia? Mm-hmm. I never questioned that. Yeah. So does see? that mean that Lugia, like, reproduces? And if it does, who did it reproduce with? Because I thought there was only one Lugia that sleeps at the bottom of the ocean for a thousand years or something. That is actually a, like kind of a good segue into the next part of this episode, I feel like. I think so. Because I always feel like the reason why, I, the reason why you know, we have this kind of notion that there's only one of these guys is because they are, they're so rare. Like, but the legend at, you know, the legendary aspect of that Pokemon also plays into this, too. Like That's true. Legendary Pokemon are just that. Legends. Legends aren't fact. And, and like we mentioned before, like, you know, these are, are gods amongst, you know, like, men and beasts. Like, you already have these, like, powerful Pokemon that are out here, but then you have, like, the next tier up. Um, you know. Like Titans. Imagine, exactly. Imagine seeing, like, Lugia appear and like, you know, like kind of the havoc that it can cause and how it can like kind of quell the uh, like fighting between the other legendary birds and then it disappears. And you have to think like, well, hold on, there can't be another thing that's like that. Like there can't possibly be anything like two of those things that are that powerful. Yeah. So it looks like at least through a lot of these stories, legends, ancient texts, There's a lot of assumptions. There's a lot of jumping to conclusions without discernible fact. And 
that is to be expected with, you know, ancient societies and what they at least perceive in the world that they're in. They don't right. have all the facts and they don't have the technology that we do. But when we carry that over, that makes a problem. Right. You can even you get evidence of that, too. in, in um like sword and shield when they're trying to figure out what happened on the darkest day. Like they spend most of the time like looking at ruins and, you know, studying ancient stories to try to see like, hey, okay, what what of this is true? Like, you know, how much is like scientifically like viable and how much of this is just like, you know, fluff that was passed down. But and you get like you really see them just try to piece together a solution just based off of old text and i think it's because you don't have these legendary pokemon like you know they're not readily available to study so that's the only thing that you can really do is like okay maybe someone did see them in the past and this is their record of their encounter and again that's usually what any of these have to go on like even without everything else that's all we got because these things either appear after a hundred years or a thousand years and when they do they're there for a second and then they vanish again the fact that we even have record of them is astonishing in itself and i always feel like they come when you see them the longest it's because they're fighting each other right (laughs) they normally appear to do great damage so you know if you're in in like you know ancient times and that happens you're really gonna have some like shit to say about that oh yeah you're gonna remember yeah like oh god these like two giant beasts big old dragon came from the sky and then just destroyed the big whale and the other guy that came from a volcano i'm gonna write that down in some stone you guys want anything right exactly like everybody will get this in a thousand (laughs) years it's fine (laughs) like this picture tells the entire story everybody gives you a thumbs up and then it thousand years later because i mean like i i'm like i I, like you have to i cannot stress this enough they already live in a world where you have these other magical monsters that are just roaming around made of rock and fire and come from the water it takes a lot to shake these people (laughs) exactly and then all of a sudden you get just some crazy elemental super monster that's like also on like you know world ending level coming through wrecking stuff disappearing exactly good old pokemon (laughs) so we know of all these different antagonist teams in every game and we usually at least with like team magma and team aqua with uh Maxi and Archie trying to wake up Groudon and Kyogre. We usually call them eco-terrorists, right? Because they're trying to, like, change the ecosystem. But I am going to make a very well-thought-out argument against that. Instead of eco-terrorists, what if this is more like a cult? That these are cultists and that (laughs) they are... In a sense, they have their cult leader, which is the team leader, Maxi or Archie, and they, in a sense, either worship or obsess or, you know, try to get 
the most power and control through their respective Pokemon that the legendary Pokemon that they're using modern science to get to. They have undying loyalty. They do whatever the leader says, and they are promised either control or, you know, wealth or their desires met because of the power that you can get from this age old behemoth legendary Pokemon. I mean, that sounds like a cult to me. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Yeah, there's always this like kind of seat of power in my new world order type deal with these guys. But um, yeah, they're they're definitely like a super cult because both Team Aqua and Team Magma have the same goal, basically, of like reshaping the world and their image through the mastery of this legendary beast. So the way they look at it is they look at it themselves overall as being like this almost godlike figure being able to control this godlike Pokemon and do the things that they want to do. Like they're right about their goals. And they are willing to fight and, you know, put a lot of lives at risk because of that. Yeah, they're willing to fuck up the entire world. Yeah, water. (laughs) What? uh, You need land? No, water world. What? You need water? No, we're just all land. Who needs lakes? Right. Screw those spirits. Either just dry it all up or like get real wet. And (laughs) that's it. That's your choice. Exactly. And then just the regular person just gets screwed in the middle. You can see that there's a lot of dedication here. More than just these aren't people who are just getting paid like in Team Rocket. This is not your run of the mill crime syndicate organization. This is fanaticism. This is complete and total faith that your side is right because you've got the big Pokemon. And it's a and it's an obsession with the legend of that Pokemon. Like the thought was from their leader that like, you know, can being able to control Groudon and Kyogre meant like or, you know, either one of the two meant that you could have control over dominion over man. Basically, like that was a power that would elevate you to a god status and you were the person that could handle this. And in fact, the legends were like, don't do this because you'll destroy us all. And we see this connection of that theme of legend to modern day. They are here because of what was written in the past, because of what they in the past, in ancient times, thought or witnessed with these legendary Pokemon. And now in the modern era, because you think, you know, I'm not a caveman, I'm not from ancient times, I've got an iPhone, I've got computers. Maybe now we can harness that power. And now you have these villains, these megalomaniacs trying to put all of their resources in one basket so that they can have the control and the power and the ability that was from that legendary Pokemon. Yes. And they destroy and they screw up everything. Oh, it blows up in their face every time. Yeah, fucking stupid. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, but stick around. We'll be right back. Beyond the stars, an ancient secret beckons. Armies clash and fight for dominance, unaware of the part they are playing in cosmic destiny. 
Among the chaos, one soldier, the Master Chief, stands for hope and becomes a beacon for all humanity. Hello, I'm Connor, a regular producer here on Lore Party. Join me and my co-host Jaden as we explore the world of Halo. Come with us as we jump into the intricate stories behind the games, explore the many thrilling adventures that take place throughout the setting, dissect the ethical quandaries that arise during futuristic interstellar conflict, and much more. To find our series, simply search for Halo in your Lore Party feed. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the great journey. So now the last evidence that uh, we have for humanity's reaction and interaction with legendary Pokemon is science. Science is the magic of the modern age. And I think that's a theming that Pokemon has done time and time again. It's always, always been about the cutting edge of technology and how that better either connects us or protects us with our connection with the Pokemon world. And it can be pretty much split up into two different sects of science. You got Pokemon professors, these very nice ethical people who study Pokemon and the relationship that they have with the world and the universe and humanity. And they just want to very safely and very ethically understand that more. And when they look for legendary Pokemon, they want to just look at it, see it, study it, leave, respect it. On the other hand, <laughs> you've got the stupidest motherfuckers. So we, we talked about these cult-like <laughs> teams like of Magma and Galacta, Galactica, or <laughs> Team Galactic, uh, and Aqua, and there was at least an iota of respect of the power and the Pokemon when it comes to legendary Pokemon. These mad scientists do not care. It is like atheism to an 11, where it's just like, that's just a big dumb firebird. I'm going to take its power away so that I can have the most powerful power to ever power, and I'm going <laughs> to love it. And I don't care how long it's been there, and I don't need to know if it's borderline immortal. I'm just going to rip it apart piece by piece until I get what I want. And then that usually goes in the worst possible way. Yeah. Um, I like, we saw it in, uh, I mean, this isn't really a mad scientist, so to speak, but we did see it in kind of in Pokemon Sword and Shield when Chairman Rose, you know, I want to solve the energy crisis, so I'm just going to keep draining this Pokemon, and I don't care. I'm just going to do it anyways. And then he unleashes, like, an evil, ancient... The darkest days, and this weird-ass Pokemon. With, like, a fucking cannon on its chest that blasts shit with Dynamaxing energy and stuff. And I'm just like, well, you know, you didn't have to do this, but you did it anyways, and it blew up Like, I solved the energy crisis, and now we're all going to die. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just like, dude, what the fuck? Right. The energy crisis, that was a thousand years away. I... <laughs> hey, guys, in a thousand years, we're probably not going to have any energy. 
Like it just it, it 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 upsets me. It upsets me so much because I really did like him, and I was like, he's gonna be the villain, but I really don't want him to be. He's really cool. <laughs> he's just a dumbass. Like it sucks. Like he only it's just a lot of theatrics. Yeah, god damn it. But like you, you, you do see it with like um like mad scientists that are worth their shit. You see it with like Team Rocket. Oh oh, I've got I've got a bunch of stuff. First of all, before this. Uh, Pokemon the movie 2000, where we had Lugia, they had a antagonist oh, yeah. who was, he was very like, hoity-toity, uh, la-di-da, I'm so great and powerful, but like, I'm not going to show emotion kind of guy. And he captured all the three birds so he could be able to get Lugia out. And I don't know what his... End, go- end game was other than I'm going to own them like collectibles and that's even stupid he was but on that, that Tiger King shit <laughs> oh my god you're right <laughs> oh shit and it, it's it's kind of like that I will like let's let's talk about the tiger in the room owning a legendary Pokemon even though you can do it in the game almost Every time in the anime, it goes incredibly, incredibly wrong. It could not go worse for you if you're trying to either force or hold down this legendary creature. Like we said, legendary Pokemon are there to maintain the balance. Legendary Pokemon are will technically be friends to all if you don't piss them off. And the same thing goes for wild fucking tigers. In your fucking zoo in Oklahoma. Exactly. It's like, you know, nature is to be appreciated from afar. I mean, you also like you had this with Team Rocket. Exactly. They're the they are the OGs of abomination to societies. Right. Like they created Mewtwo and the whole purpose was like, okay. I mean, there was there was the like, you know, Giovanni New World Order shit. But like in the beginning, it was we're going to create this thing that's strong as fuck, put it a suit of armor on it and then use it in official Pokemon League matches because that's a good way to test it. Oh, I that's the only way to test it. But he wanted it because he wanted the power. Again, Team Rocket wants control through any means necessary. Right. And if they couldn't have Mew, they were going to make their own Mew. And what do they do? Make a sentient, taller version of Mew. That really wrecked up the place and then was able to clone a bunch of Pokemon and speak. And almost destroy the world. Yeah. And that was because they did not respect Mew and its power and what it was capable of. Taking the smallest, like, Mew can't even just run around and leave skin flakes anywhere without some weird guy coming in, scooping them in a bag, and then just making another clone of it. Like, what the fuck? That's so shitty. (laughs) The one thing that they couldn't stop or create with Mewtwo was a a Pokemon that could handle those hands because when uh, Ash threw them, I feel like that. (laughs) (laughs) He slammed him against the wall and turned him to stone. (laughs) I think he can take those hands pretty capably. And I feel like that's where that was where the downfall started. He was like, oh, it's it's kids. This kid's throwing hands. All right. (laughs) oh god yeah disclaimer yeah ash couldn't uh couldn't take that heat <laughs> <laughs> but yes we see what happens when people you know mess with that balance whether it's trying to create an entirely new pokemon 
or just capture Pokemon that are, you know, not meant to be captured, not meant to be put in a cage. And I mean, no, I think not. I don't think any Pokemon are meant to be captured and put in a cage. Personally, I think that you're supposed to like, while while you capture Pokemon, you still you have that that you maintain that balance and have that relationship and like they grow and you grow. But like what we've seen with legendary Pokemon and like the people who are trying to acquire them is they are trying to capture them to like capture them and control. And it's that very deliberate theming that I see all throughout Pokemon. Yes. You have a child like you, the protagonist, the child go around in a culture where we go throwing these metal balls to control, capture, um, and use these very super-powered wild creatures that are now domesticated into ours. But it seems that there is a limit to that. There is a line, and that line is the legendary Pokemon. At almost every juncture, it cannot be forced to love you, to be at your command, to be at your beck and call. It is not like any other thing because it is powerful. It is almost immortal. And it has no need to be outside of where it is because it is part of that domain. It controls that domain. That's why there's so many just either temples or, you know, religious theming around some of the legendary Pokemon because they're part of creation myths. They are part of that world of that ecosystem even if you were able to just catch it with a master ball with no thought what's going to happen to the rivers and the lakes and what happens to the volcanoes or the seas what's going to happen to those i don't know i just i always felt a little weird catching legendary Pokemon when I saw what would happen when someone tried to catch them in the anime. It just felt so just, it was like owning a tiger. It was cool. It was awesome. And for a while, it was a great thing to just kind of be like, hey, look at me. I got this cool thing. But at the end of the day, it can still rip your face off and it probably doesn't even want to be there to begin with. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.